Hello and welcome to All Things Urticaria from Medthority. In this series of podcasts, our host, Professor Marcus Maurer, is joined by his friends and colleagues to discuss all things urticaria. Over to Professor Maurer. Hello and welcome back to All Things Urticaria, your UCARE podcast. Urticaria Centers of Reference and Excellence, you know by now because my guess is you've been listening to all of our previous 50 episodes. So this is kind of a jubilee edition and I'm very happy to have with me today Alicia. Alicia Kasperskasayash from Zabre, uh, Zabrze, I think, in, in Polish. Yeah. And uh, welcome, welcome, Alicia. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome cordially. It's my great pleasure to share my knowledge and uh, experience regarding chronic urticaria, especially delayed pressure urticaria. I am very fan of urticaria, especially uh, delayed pressure urticaria. I am head of European Center of uh, Diagnosis and Treatment for Urticaria and Clinical Department of Clinical Allergy and Urticaria of Medical uh, University of Silesia in Poland. Alicia, I remember my visit to your center. We had so much fun. You were one of the first UCARES to come on board. I, I remember it was early days and you've been a fan and motor of our network ever since. Um, by now, I think there are eight, eight UCARES in Poland. So very strong yeah. show there. And um, of course, you are very much involved with all of them and all of us in the many activities. You care level up, I see you all the time. You care for you, you're there in support. And uh, today we um, want to talk a little bit about one type of urticaria, chronic urticaria, that often gets overlooked, delayed pressure urticaria. This is a rare, form, I guess. We don't know much about it. Maybe you know more about it. I know it's one of your favorite uh, chronic inducible urticarias. Tell us a little bit about what is so special about this form of urticaria. Yes, it is a form of uh, chronic inducible urticaria. Uh, this form is very significant uh, in my opinion because, uh, as you said, it is uh, very frequently misdiagnosed, underdiagnosed and underestimated. This urticaria is clinically characterized by erythematous swelling, swelling regarding deep layer of dermis subcutis and in contrast to chronic spontaneous urticaria, it is not characterized by itchy wheels and frequently without angioedema. And angioedema and delayed pressure uh, urticaria sometimes is difficult to differentiate uh, in our uh, patients. Yeah. It is also important that uh, patients may have uh, painful swelling, painful swelling, and also other sensation. For example, needling sensation, prickling sensation, stinging sensation, and burning sensation. Uh, 
lesions, skin lesions are located uh, where uh, pleasure, uh, pressure is applied after application pressure. Name delayed uh, means that uh, symptoms develops after sometimes it takes sometimes several hours to develop the swelling in various different parts of the body. Yeah. Typically, swelling uh, develops six to eight, six to four to eight hours after exposure to sustained, prolonged, long-lasting, describing the words, uh, into the skin. And there is delay. It is delay between the onset, beginning of mechanical pressure application and the onset of the symptoms. For me, it is very important that patients do not remember different even situation associated with pressure exposure and also physicians uh, do not remember identify in daily clinical practice this form of urticaria. Yeah. This pressure may be associated with different situation related, for example, to work, to job, to leisure, to recreation, to sport, or even daily routine activities. For example, uh, long-lasting walking, uh, long-lasting standing, uh, kneeling, kneeling, uh, sitting, lying on a hard surface, uh, sitting on a hard uh, chair, uh, chairs, uh, riding uh, a bike, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, Alicia, for sharing. So it is quite different than the other forms of chronic urticaria, also chronic inducible urticaria. No, no wheels, uh, delayed onset after the trigger hits the skin. And as you said, many situations can trigger these swellings and they can be quite painful. I remember a carpenter uh, because you said the knees and uh, he, he couldn't do his job anymore because he had to kneel a lot. And I remember another, um, uh, a bricklayer um, who uh, was very impaired in his uh, uh, livelihood because he couldn't really do his job anymore. So uh, maybe also different in the sense that patients who have delayed pressure urticaria are uh, male often. Uh, and have a strong impairment in their ability to work. Uh, Alicia, what do we know about this type of urticaria? Um, you know, I think we can be fairly certain that it's, again, mast cells that are important. But what makes DPU, delayed pressure urticaria, so different in how it manifests as compared to the other chronic inducible urticaria. Do we know that? Yeah, uh, of course, I will uh, talk about it, but I also have uh, one example of dentists uh, who uh, have uh, swelling on, the, on their hands. 
and uh, he has very problem in performing uh, their uh, labor physical activities related to its job to its profession. Uh, as you said, this uh, forum has huge, very funk, huge uh, impact, negative impact and quality of life because there is impairment in, the, in quality of life, if mental health, physical health. This form limits, limits physical activities even clothing, uh, fitted type clothing, after wearing shoes, after wearing ski boots, after brass straps, watches. And now uh, my answer to your question. Yes, this is associated with activation muscles. Uh, this is key cell for all forms of urticaria, but degranulation of the cells is related to deeper layer of the skin. Uh, what is important, it is very poor relationship between histamine levels and response to antihistamine drugs based on available literature. Therefore, we should think that other cells, other mechanisms are also involved in, in, the, in the development of this science and symptoms. We should yeah. also uh, say that our patients may have also general symptoms, yeah. especially in patients with very severe disease, for example, fever, chills, these are up to 39% uh, also, also uh, general malaise, dysphagia, myalgia, arthralgia, also headache, also some changes in lab analysis, for example, leukocytosis with uh, left shift after also elevated erythrocyte uh, sedimentation rate, also elevated uh, levels of CRP, C-reactive protein. Uh, this is uh, correlated in chronic spontaneous urticaria with the disease severity activity, probably also in patients with uh, delayed pleasure uh, urticaria. Also, we should mention about uh, bolus uh, delayed pleasure urticaria, so-called blistering uh, delayed pleasure urticaria. This is very severe form of delayed pleasure urticaria manifested by erythema and swelling and also blister. And we can misdiagnose this form with contact allergic dermatitis, for example, and even erysipelas. Yeah. Yeah, look, again, similarities with other sindhus, like this critical role of mast cells, but actually more differences no and uh, you know i often wondered if that delay in onset is due to the release of mediators by mast cells that take a while like cytokines for example or as you say the recruitment of cells like eosinophils and, and basophils to that site of skin exposure to pressure maybe it's both uh, that contribute to this 
a peculiar manifestation of delayed swelling and all the side effects that that you mentioned. No, I I also remember patients who are really sick, um, uh, uh, generally sick because of being exposed to pressure. No. Uh, also, this uh, lesion uh, may last up to and uh, sometimes greater than 70, uh, 72 hours located yeah. on the soles, on the um, feet. Uh, this all makes that make very difficult everyday activity, uh, also routine daily activity. So how, how, Alicia, how do we best help our patients with delayed pressure urticaria? I see myself talking a lot about, well, try to minimize the pressure, maybe use cushions when you carry a bag or, you know, yeah. uh, gloves when you use your hands. But I, I find this to be of limited benefit. You know, my patients, um, uh, they tell me, well, what am I going to do? I'm a carpenter. I'm a, uh, I'm a bricklayer. I, I have to work. I have to um, uh, hold instruments and, and it is not possible for me to reduce significantly this pressure to my hands, to my knees. What can we do? Uh, I think that we, uh, what we have uh, many problems with delayed pressure uh, urticaria. For first, our patients have no, have no knowledge regarding uh, two forms, uh, especially uh, patients have chronic uh, spontaneous urticaria. Chronic spontaneous urticaria frequently coexist with delayed pressure urticaria. For me, a clear delayed pressure urticaria is very, very rare disease. Uh, up to 2%, uh, 2-4%. Uh, frequently, it coexist mild for on delayed pressure perticaria. Our patients have itchy skin, itching skin, and focus on predominant form, which is chronic spontaneous urticaria. Yeah. We should take very precise, very exact anamnesis, medical patients, and our patients should have com uh, some com uh, comprehensive information regarding their disease. For me, if patients have no knowledge, if urticaria is not adequately treated with drugs, uh, this has uh, very huge impact on quality of life. Uh, patients have anxiety, depression, and this is non-specific trigger which influences on the course of urticaria. Reclary positive uh, feedback. Patients mm. with poorly control urticaria. Patients sometimes think about different false knowledge. For example, they think that their the disease is related to allergy. It is related to fatal life-threatening diseases. They are uh, scared. They are uh, they are distressed. Uh, this is a huge problem for me. Then we should. They should indicate specific factors, pressure, uh, given our patients correct information based on our experience and common factors know 
which are eliciting triggered the disease. Patients will, should in every life recognize this factor. We should discuss about this factor. In addition, our patient should uh, have knowledge about non-specific factors, which are frequently, which are universal for or, uh, other forms or urticaria and are related to on the onset of the disease, maintenance of uh, uh, um, this disease, and exacerbation, deterioration symptoms, universal factors such as, uh, for example, mental, physical stress, fatigue, overwork, exhaustion, uh, everyday difficulties, problem for our patients. Also infection, infections, of the, infections related to viruses, infect, related to high temperature, fever, uh, high, uh, high temp, ambient temperature, also non-steroidal, uh, steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs which are known uh, to exacerbate, uh, aggravate the disease uh, course. Also, menses and other known factor, non-specific outcome. This all knowledge is very important to provide our patients with this knowledge. If our patients know uh, their disease, it is much better to manage with this disease. I couldn't agree more, Alicia. And as you were saying this, I was thinking maybe we should do a webinar for patients. The, the For You program is so well suited to, to give patients that information. And I, I guess um, many patients with delayed pressure urticaria do not get that information somewhere else. So let's think about spreading the word and spreading information on DPU. It's a good it's a good idea. Look, we're coming towards the end, but we don't want to leave our listeners without um, our tips and tricks on the treatment. And, and, and I'll tell you mine, because I find DPU quite hard to treat often. Um, and I don't spend too much time with the antihistamines because I know that they often do not work. Actually, omalizumab works quite well, um, uh, especially when patients also have chronic spontaneous urticaria. What's your uh, uh, favorite treatment? What do you do in terms of helping patients with DPU? Uh, this is a significant problem for us because, uh, as, as, as you said, uh, antihistamines uh, doesn't uh, antihistamine doesn't work in the form of urticaria. The response to antihistamines, uh, even uh, administered in increased high doses, is uh, is not effective in many cases. A poor response or no response even. And in many cases, unfortunately, our patients are treated with uh, steroids with maybe associated with uh, side effects. Yeah. Uh, according to my experience, uh, based on treatment, chronic spontaneous urticaria with uh, omalizumab, it is a very effective form of uh, form of treatment, also for patients with delayed present urticaria. However, this is off-label treatment. In my country, chronic spontaneous urticaria 
is treated uh, is free for for patients is reimbursed by national health program it is very very uh, very very important it is very um, patients are very happy for this uh, but uh, predominant delay pressure urticaria is uh, some problem. Uh, um, patients are treated uh, for chronic spontaneous urticaria, and I observe frequently that the delayed pressure urticaria improves also significantly in these uh, patients. Uh, but we have no uh, good, well designed studies regarding treatment delayed pressure urticaria. Sometimes are used alternative uh, forms of treatment. For example, DAP, uh, Dapson non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, but uh, knowledge in this regard is very, very uh, limited. For me, currently, the best treatment option is OMA, um, dedicated for patients with chronic uh, spontaneous urticaria. Uh, as I previous, previously said, chronic spontaneous delayed pressure urticaria is not a long disease. It uh, frequently, very frequent, coexists with uh, with uh, chronic spontaneous urticaria, um, occasionally with other form urticaria, uh, and we uh, may treat it, uh, may treat our patients with OMA, taking into account uh, this uh, fact regarding coexistence with chronic spontaneous uh, urticaria. Uh, very important problem is underdiagnosis, underestimation with form. Uh, this is misdiagnosed with angioedema. Patients frequently may have swelling on head, on face. Uh, this is, uh, this is um, um, regarded as, as, as um, angioedema, spontaneous angioedema, but most of these cases is manifested as uh, swelling, but uh, physician uh, and patients uh, do not uh, recognize this uh, form because they have limited uh, knowledge regarding. Therefore, we should educate our patients also. Also, uh, patients should and uh, the physicians should cooperate, uh, creating uh, networks uh, as uh, our networks uh, to give, uh, to share knowledge and experience in this uh, regard. Very good. Alicia, you said so many important things. The history is key, and if only to see that DPU and CSU coexist in patients. Uh, you talked about the need to educate patients, maybe also to educate colleagues that provocation testing can be helpful to see if DPU exists in addition to another form of chronic urticaria or alone. And of course, to share the knowledge. You know, we are so active with our global registry, CURE, that uh, is a fantastic way to gather information on rare forms like DPU. So please, if you are um, listening to us and you are a member of this uh, big initiative, CURE, then remember to especially include patients with rare types of chronic urticaria, such as DPU. I'm looking at the time here, Alicia. Um, this went like nothing. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today to talk about DPU, but I'm I'm not going to let you go without asking you a question that I, I often ask, and that is, if you had one question 
to which I had the answer. One question on DPU, what would it be? What is the burning question in your head on delayed pressure, Yoti Carrier? Yeah, yes, yes. Um, uh, we need uh, Marcos uh, to have uh, better to uh, tools created by you, similar to Yoti uh, uh, Activity Score uh, 7. There is uh, the lack of such tools in delayed pressure articaria. We have dermographometer, but there, uh, there, there are not, uh, there is lack of the studies uh, to investigate, investigating relationship between results of provocation testing, threshold testing, and tools. We have only one universal tool, uh, Urticaria Conctor Test, dedicated for all forms of chronic urticaria. This is my 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 question. Yeah. My for for my ask, uh, kindly ask uh, for uh, for you to create such <laughs> such study design, and we we will carry out such studies. Excellent. To better understand just... this form of urticaria, and also we need clinical trials. We yes. have many clinical trials in chronic spontaneous urticaria. We have exclusion criteria without delayed pressure urticaria. This yeah. is a mistake for me. We I have agree. no alone delayed pressure urticaria. Also, we have clinical study. Uh, uh, where we should exclude autoimmune diseases. Yeah. Many patients with delayed pressure urticaria, chronic spontaneous urticaria, where have coexisting uh, chronic um, Hashimoto diseases. And we uh, should exclude uh, such patients. We have small group enrolled patients, etc. We have no studies designed to treat patients with cholinergic urticaria, dermographism, uh, and also delayed pressure urticaria. You are absolutely right. We need dedicated clinical trials for better treatments for delayed pressure urticaria and. The very least we can do is include patients with comorbid DPU in the other urticaria studies so we learn about this. And as you say, it is key. If you want to understand whether treatment works or not, how well it works, it is key to be able to measure disease activity, impact, and control in DPU. And we need to develop better provocation methods and... Yes tools for daily life, like uh, the UAS-7 for chronic spontaneous urticaria and the cold UAS for cold urticaria and the STAS for symptomatic demographics. But we don't have one for delayed pressure urticaria. It will take a community. It will take a network because it's a rare form. So we need many patients from many centers to help us develop these tools. And I, for one, I'm very much looking forward to doing this together with you. And I have, uh, excuse, uh, sorry, I have, uh, I have one observation. Patients sure. who have uh, predominant delayed pressure and chronic spontaneous urticaria first resolves, improves chronic spontaneous urticaria, and over time 
uh, improves delayed pressure RT cardiac get uh, milder and milder. And therefore, so some uh, patients and physicians may think that delayed pressure RT cardiac is alone. Yes, I agree. Uh, over time, it seems to be alone or predominant. And at the beginning, these two forms frequently coexist. Very good. Another important observation, very helpful for our listeners. Something else to figure out. It remains a mystery, but it is not untreatable. So let's help our patients with delayed pressure uric area. Thank you, Alicia, for... Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, everyone. You should do more on delayed pressure uric area and lead our network in our efforts to make it a better understood and better to treat disease. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. Dear listeners, thank you for following our conversation. With me today was Alicia, Alicia Kasperska-Sajas from Poland. Um, she is the UCARE head in Jabzie and uh, a prolific author and expert on delayed pressure uticaria. If you have questions to us, if you have comments, uh, please drop them. We will look at them and for sure bring them on board when we plan our next episodes of All Things Urticaria. Listen to them all and come back for our next one soon to come. Looking forward to your suggestions. Thank you for your interest. Until we hear each other again, stay well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Medthority would like to thank Marcus Maurer for that fascinating insight into UCARE. If you have any other questions regarding urticaria, please feel free to ask us via our website www.medthority.com. Remember to tune in for the next episode of All Things Urticaria. From all of us at All Things Urticaria from Medthority, have a lovely week.